Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, Thunder fans? Wow, uh, I am so thrilled to talk to you, and let me tell you just how thrilled I am to talk to you about this game, because we had a little miscommunication with it the, within the unit, within the, the G7. Uh, I, I don't know, like, we, we thought somebody was on it. <laughs> yeah, G7. I, like I didn't subscribe to this G7 uh, I'm just trying something out. About. You know, you got like a G5, like at okay. the end of Tropic Thunder. I just well, make the make it clear. <laughs> I didn't subscribe to this. All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so we thought somebody else was on this pod. They had other obligations. So we're coming into this pretty raw with very little notes. Um, just to illustrate to you how little preparation we have in this. I'm sitting outside on my balcony in sub 30 degree temperatures. I can see the space needle. I have one glove because I couldn't find my other Jeez. ones <laughs> on such short notice. Michael Jackson. So, yeah. I was Michael wondering, Jackson I was trying Seattle. to figure out on your Skype because it looks like one of your hands is invisible because it's yeah. dark outside. And I'm like, where's the other hand? <laughs> it's here. It's just warm. So. <laughs> Yeah, that that's how that's how spur of the moment this is, but even so, I'm thrilled to be joined by Matt Tierney out of North Carolina. Hi, how you doing, Matt? I'm good. I wasn't prepared to come on a podcast, so I was um, drinking a, a fine bottle of whiskey and watching <laughs> uh, a Netflix show before the game. So I'm not as well prepared as I should be. But we're going to make it work, by the way. We'll make it work. We'll make yeah. it work. And then I'm also joined by Dylan Hunsinger out of Kentucky. So we're, we're, going, we're going North Carolina and Kentucky all the way over to Seattle for this podcast. We're spanning the United States. How you doing, Dylan? I'm doing great. I'm a little bit on the tired side. But, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that last shot there was just a shot of espresso to my soul. So let, let's get this thing going. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, you just got to have that West Coast state of mind, man. Yeah, that, that 1 a.m. lifestyle right now. <laughs> yes, sir. Right, so, so like I said, um, we didn't take a lot of notes in this game because we didn't know we would be doing it. Uh, but right now, we're going to hook up the TiVo. All right, so in this game, uh, you know, it went to two overtimes. So let's just go ahead and recap the first three quarters. It was a lot of good stuff out of Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think at the end of three quarters, he had 37 points. Mm-hmm. Sound about right? I think on 13 yeah. of 21 shooting, four of eight from three. I mean, the dude clearly had his shot back like we haven't seen all season. And I, I kind of made the comment on Twitter that, you know, in the offseason, we saw Russ playing all these offseason games, all these summer pickup league games, and we saw his shot was looking smooth. And then he had, the, you know, the knee thing, and it, it wasn't good. But now it looks like it's back, and that's awesome. Um, the thing that was not awesome was after the break, our defense seemed to take a break. And uh, specifically, our boy Markeith Morris, a new member of the team, looked a little lost out there at times, but that's to be expected. You know, yeah. first day on the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He absolutely did look lost. He got lost on defense a few times. There were there were several instances where people were having to literally like direct traffic, telling him where to go on the offensive end. But like you said, that's fine. He joined the team like what two or three days ago. He's yep. had a couple practices. Like he'll figure it out. All uh, right. He'll figure it out. To be fair, he had two assists and one steal, according to the box score. So for your first day in a few days on the team, I'll take that. Hey, he didn't, he's, he didn't he's do just, nothing. Hey, exactly. He's already out there jawing with people, too. Uh, he, yeah. he, he pushed Jay Crowder pretty hard a couple times. And one time as he was backing down the court, you could just see him staring at him, just like moving his mouth. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear what he was saying. I'm so excited for his trash talking on this team. Yeah, and one other thing to add before we move on to just strictly the fourth quarter and both overtimes, uh, the Jazz didn't miss a shot for like the first six minutes of the game, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is pretty noteworthy. And also Derek Favors didn't miss a shot, at least through regulation. He ended up the game 10 for 11 from the field. <laughs> Of course, for he did. 20, 24 points, uh, you know, so, I'm so also, it's, not, it's not like we just faced a straight up normal jazz team and conquered them. Like there were some extenuating circumstances that make this a better win. I'm pretty sure Donovan Mitchell went five for five to start as well. So he yes. was also really hot he did. as well. At, at one point, he was outscoring the Thunder like 11 to nine or something. Yeah. Three, three of them were threes, too. Yeah. Three of those five. yeah. He was insane. Yeah, so we go into the fourth, and I don't know. It was just it was hard to get stops, and, and I think part of it was so um, Abdul Nader played played some minutes in the first half, right? Played that that backup backcourt spot in the first half. Um, to start the second half, they were like, "Well, he's just getting scored on all the time," so they threw Deontay Burton in there in those minutes, and you know, he had his moments, but he also looked a little bit out of control. I think he was, I think he was eager to impress, <laughs> yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nerlens Noel, I don't know, did he do stuff? He he was like there. He didn't have a great game, right? He was just chilling out. Yeah, he was around. Like he, was he wasn't. Chilling. He wasn't a detriment, but I don't think he really impacted the game in a he positive wasn't way. Prime. Oh no. Def- <laughs> he had a minus 18 puck score. And minus 18, yeah. Well, that, I don't think that's on him, though. I think yeah, just I that know, entire just, that bench atrocious. unit was bad. Yeah. Um, so in that in the third quarter, um, the Thunder lost that third quarter 38-27, to 27, which was kind of a big deal. I think, I think they took a nine-point lead into the half and then were trailing by two going into mm-hmm. the fourth. Mm-hmm. Or going into the third, um, 
at some point in between the end of the third and when the starters came back in, there was a 10-point Jazz lead in there somewhere. Right. So that's that's not ideal. <laughs> nope. Not ideal at all. Uh, but but luckily the starters did come back in, and I feel like the starters in general kind of turned this game around. Do you have the plus minus just for the starting unit, Matt? Unit, Matt? Steven Adams balled out with a plus 19. Mm-hmm. And then uh, nobody else did fantastic. It was Ferguson with plus four. Paul George was actually a minus four, which is wildly <laughs> inaccurate of how he performed. This, this is game. why we don't pay so much this attention. Is, this is exactly why we do not take individual <laughs> game box scores, because you'll find out why in a minute. Uh, but Russell Westbrook was also plus nine, and then Jeremy Grant was just, you know, a smooth zero. So that's what happened there. Yeah, it's also worth noting on Paul George. He he got started off slow. I think he started off yeah. what, one of five, one of six, something like that. Mm. So I mean, obviously he was able to shake that off, and you know, luckily for us, because I mean he ended up shooting seventeen to thirty-one, which is daggone efficient. But I mean, hey, when you start off one of five, one of six, uh, you it, it can go down here real quick. So hey, even more credit to PG, which is going to be a theme in this show. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we'll get to him more in a, a segment you might be able to predict that we'll get to him more in. Um, but for now, so coming up to the end of the fourth, uh, it looked the Thunder just had a hard time containing the Jazz bigs. And then um, it was weird with with like three minutes left, the Thunder were trailing by a couple and they had been trailing by a couple on and off for a while at that point. And still, like, I was feeling pretty confident. I was like, it just feels like we're just going to make a run. But then uh, Joe Ingles hit that step back three (laughs) against Paul George to put him up five with two and a half minutes left. And that's the first moment I actually got worried. I was like, oh, that was a shot that they don't they didn't actually deserve to make. Like, that was a tough shot. So and and five points with two and a half minutes isn't nothing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I I was watching the ESPN broadcast of the game and Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, actually said, that's a big shot by Joe Ingles there. That shot is huge. Mm -hmm. By the way, while while we're on the subject, I didn't find out till like halfway through the second quarter that Antonio Daniels was on the local broadcast. He was. It was awesome. And man, I was listening to Chauncey Billups and whoever that that bald, that bald white guy was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the bald white guy. <laughs> that just a miscellaneous bald white guy. Mm-hmm. And they told me Antonio Daniels on the local broadcast. I'm like, I'm moving back to Oklahoma like next week. <laughs> yeah, no. Fox Fox Sports, whenever Antonio Daniels gets on that third quarter broadcast, is such a gift. Because he's, he's just like, uh, he brings man. an energy that's fantastic. Recurring, future recurring guest, Antonio Daniels. Yeah. Friend of the, the pod. Friend of the pod, best best friend, friend of, of the, the Topic Thunder. Uh, I podcast. I'm I'm totes jelly of any Oklahoma citizen who got to listen to that FSOK broadcast with him on it. Um, Let's go. Uh, there was one really cool moment at the at at the end of the fourth quarter where Paul George threw a lob up to Terrence Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. in transition um, with the game kind of on the line. Uh, yeah. And, We'll talk a little bit later about how he's not not as scared to be audacious 
with the game on the line. <laughs> but that was pretty cool. Like to throw a lob to a shooting guard, a second year shooting guard, when like, I don't know, there he could have thrown a bounce pass, <laughs> right? That's that just shows you all the chemistry that they have on this team to be able to trust each other to to make those types of shots. Also, speaking of of passes that are are risky, the this might have been earlier in the game, but Paul George did a bounce bounce pass to Terrence Ferguson. That was so perfect that the bounce pass landed in his shooting pocket and he just shot it up for a three. Oh yeah, over to the right corner. Uh huh. Yeah. And it was kind of a lazy bounce pass. Like he yeah he he took some off of it to time it. Just so right. it like bounced softly into a shooting pocket. Right. It was, it was just it yeah. was just so like perfectly like and almost like a it was like slow motion and we'll just, just we'll just we'll just say it was a poetic bounce pass. It was yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Poetic. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, so after that Ferguson lob though, the Thunder were still down three. And then uh any anybody wanna guess what happened next with the Thunder down three? Um they t- they made three points. <laughs> who do you, who do you think may have made those three points? Paul. No, wait. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Paul George. <laughs> Paul, Paul George made a three point basket shot. Um, it was no, it was not. amazing. It, it, like I don't I don't know. I just feel like every oh, shot yes. that he puts up right. in close I, time I was... is, is going down. I had a comment about this. This, so this, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but this was the exact same play they ran against Brooklyn. Oh yeah, when Paul George made that three, I was, I immediately saw it. I was like, this is happening again. That single dribble, right? Yeah, yeah. He like like, took a dribble and then sat down in a chair for a second and then stood up, took a three. But even not the dribble, it's like the the it was the exact same play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where Paul like came off the the pick right there, and I was like, "It's happening!" It's like that meme of uh, Ted Nugent, where it's like, "It's happening." Is that who that is? Right, it's the presidential candidate. I don't even know. I don't like, even know who that meme is of, but I know like the, the meme. It's the old guy. It's the old yeah, guy, the know. presidential candidate. Yeah, yeah I don't know his name. Ted Nugent, I think, is his name. But yeah, Ted, Ted Nugent's like a an old band person. No, not Ted Nugent. Who's the Who's the old dude? The old presidential candidate, 2016 Republican, not, not Bernie. No, not Bernie. I don't know. It was one of those guys. Bob Dole. Just think of one of the old white guys in the presidential candidate, and you'll you'll know who exactly who it is. But anyway, it was that guy, and he he did a meme. It was like it's happening, and that's what I was thinking. So, but anyway, anyway is right. Yes. So <laughs> after that. Don- <laughs> After that, Donovan Mitchell drove to the hoop for a layup. Uh, and then Russ got, Russ got fouled Denied. attacking the basket by Gobert. And I think we were all pretty nervous, but he knocked down both of those free throws. Clutch. And then, and then Ricky Rubio hit a three to put them up by three. What's all, that about? All people. What's that about? Ricky Rubio? And Ricky Rubio. That was overguarding of Donovan Mitchell. I think we brought over two people. He kicked it to Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder didn't even have that ball in his hands long enough yeah. to take a blink, and he flipped it to Ricky Rubio. And then Adams Mini Me made a three. Yeah, fine, but we'll take a fl- we'll take a flip to Ricky Rubio. Yeah, we'll take it. That's so exactly he, he knocked it down though, and then uh, Jeremy Grant 
made a layup and one on Gobert to tie the game up. Beautiful pass by Russ, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just really great. Um, he was obviously chasing that triple level. <laughs> she did not get, unfortunately. He but... didn't get it, no. So Way to bury looked... the lead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then, um, so, yeah, then... Mitchell had a driving layup blocked by Jeremy Grant while Paul George denied. Paul George did incredible defense on him all the way out to half court and forced like a a fadeaway layup, if that makes sense, uh, which Jeremy Grant blocked. And then on the other end of the court, the Thunder went without a timeout. And I, I, my stats here, my, my game log here says that Russell Westbrook misses a 25-foot three 25 foot three pointer but it wasn't he, he had neither of his feet were behind the three-point line it, yeah. it wasn't a great shot i wish he would have driven it was not the a good shot it wasn't but um so we go to overtime can we say one more thing about that though because i saw a lot of people complaining about billy not calling a timeout in that situation i like the move to not call a timeout in that situation honestly Mm-hmm. Well, I I think we should save that discussion a little bit because I'd like to know how many of them were complaining about him not calling a timeout <laughs> on, at the begin, at the end of the second overtime because it was <laughs> the identical situation, give or take a second. So egg on their face. Let's shelve that one, <laughs> and we can we can gloat on them here in a little bit. The set, the first overtime started off a little sketchily uh, with two straight Rudy Gobert dunks, one of which was kind of lucky, right? Like Donovan Mitchell kind of lost the ball going out of bounds. It just happened to trickle over to him for a dunk. Um, Paul George got a layup. Paul George got a dunk. <laughs> Paul George just did lots of things. Paul George does things. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Wait, 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 that dunk that you mentioned, is that is that the dunk that uh, he did when we was down two? Where he I just it, casually on a breakaway was like, oh, I'm down two in overtime. Yeah. Let me just pull out this windmill right quick. Yeah, it must that be. Was, like, yes. audacity. We cannot, so, we cannot skip that at all. He had so much sauce, man. Like, who breaks out a windmill in overtime against the team that beat you in the playoffs last year the amount, <laughs> of, confidence, <laughs> the amount of confidence you have in overtime with i think it was two minutes left or so or three minutes about three minutes to be able to just do a full windmill dunk to tie the game is confidence is brimming at the rim at that point with with Jay Crowder close behind, by the way. Yeah, like, very he, close defender. He wasn't contesting his shot, but like if he wanted to, he might could have blocked that windmill. Yep, he right. If he if he had known a windmill was coming, <laughs> he could have probably got his hand in there on the back side of the windmill. Like, you did not expect this, did you? Yeah, we'll see. So that's the beauty of it, right? Like this is not the. It, it was actually the perfect move for the situation <laughs> nobody would have ever thought to try to block that <laughs> yeah this is not the dunk you are looking for and next time go between the legs nobody's blocking that <laughs> pg1 kenobi yeah it, yes. was, it was so great and then so then donovan hit a few more free throws and we had a few more stops uh adams was pretty good in 
the overtimes. In fact, I thought he was pretty good overall. Uh, I think the the All Star break did him a lot of good. I was about to say that. I was like, it's almost like he had a ten day break or something. <laughs> he, he looked totally really refreshed. Yeah. yeah, I think he he started off with eight points, and like four or five shooting to start out the game, and he was just yeah, like he did like he did for the first three months of the season. Yeah, where he got all broken. He's quite healthy. <laughs> Yeah, it was great though, and I think he was a total a total matchup problem for Gobert. Um, so going to the end of the first overtime, uh, there was a huge play with the Thunder trailing by one. And look, we're not gonna sing too many of Abdul Nader's praises <laughs> in this game. We just won't. But at the end of this first overtime, he knocked down a massive corner three pointer. Just swished it. Not only did he knock down that massive three-pointer, um, what's important about that was the timing of it because before he made that three, Russell Westbrook, a couple possessions earlier, had just charged on Jay Crowder for his sixth foul to foul out of the game. Terrence Ferguson was already fouled out of the game. So Abdel Nader not only made that huge shot, you know, just making the huge shot, he made that huge shot replacing Russell Westbrook in an overtime basketball game. <laughs> like, like he was talking about, um, you know, we live with a Ricky Rubio flip shot for three. The Jazz were thinking the same thing with Nader, but Nader shot that thing with some confidence. MVP. MVP. <laughs> I, I tagged Tyranny immediately after it happened. <laughs> it's just time to shine, man. He's coming. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a huge shot, and like you said, he was replacing uh, one of two pretty important players for this team. Uh, it, it turns out, like, we're actually pretty thin on the backcourt positions now as far as two-way players with the absence of Andre Robertson, with the uh, with with the now permanent absence of Alex Abrines. Uh, we don't have too many players at, at the two who can provide... Um, constant minutes. So yeah, if, if he can give anything, that's going to be huge. Um, and we'll we'll do a little bit more on Nader in a few minutes. Uh, but that put the Thunder up by two. Gobert got a layup in the lane with 34 seconds left, and then Paul George made a missed a three with 12 seconds left that I thought was going in. Like, why wouldn't it at that point? Mm -hmm. But it didn't. Mm -hmm. So then we go to double overtime. So this is where I want to talk a little bit more about Nader. Uh, it, at, at the end of regulation, he had to play a little bit. And it became very quickly obvious. I'm sorry, at the end of the first overtime. It became very quickly obvious that whenever he was in, the Jazz were going to isolate Mitchell on him immediately. Every possession. Mm -hmm. Just just do a switch. Get him switched on to Mitchell and figure it out from there, much in the same way they did with Carmelo Anthony. And my only question from that was, why were we conceding those switches so easily? Um, I think a big reason why is you know just the difference between last year's team and this year's team. Um you know, Nader and Mello, they're both defensive liabilities out there on Donovan Mitchell, but the difference was Mello was playing the four spot, 
and Adams, as great as a defensive big man he is, he's not a rim protector. Paul George wasn't a rim protector, and then we had Russ and Ray Felton out there for stretches closing last year. This year, we have Jeremy Grant out there, and he is a legitimate rim protector. Coming over on that weak side um, and mm-hmm. contesting to have a Mitchell shot, as he did at the end of regulation, I think that, that, that that's a huge reason why we was okay with doing that. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I, I agree that it's better than last year it would have been. Mm-hmm. But even so, like, the screen was just barely coming. And they were switching before the screen even arrived. And it's like, I'm oh, fine yeah. if you have to switch. Like, and we'd be better off than we were last year if you have to switch. But they were just automatically switching. And it's like, I don't know, maybe, like, fight it for a second. Maybe try to keep Paul George on a borderline all-star instead of switching the worst defender on the court onto him for like yeah. a second, hey. like attempt to keep it from happening. That's all. <laughs> it, it seemed like you were automatically allowing it to happen. That was mean, Steven. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was the worst defender on the court. I didn't, I, he's a better defender than I am. It's just mean, man. <laughs> he's a better defender than I am, but of, of, of he, <laughs> Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams. I'm just saying, man, it was mean. It's just mean. It was a mean comment. Don't talk to the MVP. Just don't like talk that. about him like that. I don't like, like I'm it. I'm just saying, try to keep him. Try to keep him on Jay Crowder or Maybe. or Joe Ingles, who he was mostly sounds, guarding at the beginning of those possessions. Just like, like try not to. It just sounds like Billy Donovan has a has a more confidence in his defensive abilities than you do. <laughs> That's what I hear. I, I do know what you're talking about, though, because there was one play specifically. It just, like, Paul was full court on Mitchell, and as soon as they crossed uh, half court, Nader kind of came over there with Rubio, and Paul George just walked over to Rubio like it was nothing. Right. Like, Paul George can't get around a Ricky Rubio screen. <laughs> like, come on. By half court? Come on. So, like, I, I just don't get that strategy, and uh, the only thing I can think that makes it make sense is – they were trying to conserve a little energy because they play the Kings, the fast-paced Kings, on the second night of a back-to-back tomorrow. The Kings like, have beat us three out of three games this season. Yeah, I so bet. maybe they were trying to maybe they were trying to like conserve some energy on that. But that's yeah. all I can think. And otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, there was more game. <laughs> Extra because, basketball. Yeah, because believe it or not, the uh, the switching of Nader constantly on to Mitchell did not ruin this game for the Thunder. That's right. It did not. <laughs> um, and that's mostly because of Paul George. So uh, with three minutes left, Ingles made a three-pointer to tie the game up at 144. <laughs> I know it's double overtime, but to see a 144 is still pretty crazy. Uh, and then... Rudy Gobert knocked down a free throw to put the Jazz up by one. In response to which, Dennis Schroeder made a pull-up jumper, one of his biggest plays of the game. He didn't have a great game, but that's okay. <laughs> like, made, made three shots and none bigger than that one. None bigger mm-hmm. than that one, that's right. So in response to that, Gobert hit two free throws. Um, that was actually a really good play by Paul George to foul him on a dunk attempt, on a putback dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of course, Paul George didn't think he fouled him, but that was a clear foul. And But it was a good foul because he's making 
a dunk on that. He did end up making both free throws, but that does not change the fact that that was a good foul in any way. Mm. Uh, after a couple more possessions, Paul George... <laughs> look, the, the, so, okay, okay. Let me start over. Yeah, we need a... But silence. We need a, we need a moment to, to process this. The Jazz were up one. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant missed a layup. Mm-hmm. But Ricky Rubio fouled Steven Adams on the rebound. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some debate, which shouldn't actually be a debate, that that foul should have actually been a shooting foul because Steven Adams was clearly trying to tip it back in. The announcers even said so on the broadcast. Yep. But we got mm-hmm. it side out. Um, and then Jeremy Grant missed another layup. Mm. after that uh and that ended that possession for the thunder the next possession was just such an outstanding defensive possession by the thunder where paul george picked up donovan mitchell out by half court poked the ball away from him a couple times and then forced him to drive in and shoot this running layup right that had no chance of going in Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ball bounced around a little bit and then Joe Ingles missed a three-pointer from the left wing also and then the Thunder got the rebound with about eight seconds left and then what happened guys MVPG he made a floater that basically hit the roof of the building to go in that's what happened. Yeah, I, I have a couple comments on this year floater because, <laughs> um, <laughs> first of all, I would argue it is higher than Steph Curry's lob to Giannis off the bounce. Wow. Uh, and, and second of all, I would argue that this floater that he did, that he shot over Rudy Gobert, over Rudy Gobert, one of the best shot blockers in the league, he was tall. The, was more difficult than any other uh, game-winning three that he hit this year against Brooklyn or Philadelphia, Houston, what happened? Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not saying this is the case, but I think there's the outside chance that he was just like, okay, go Bears out here halfway into the lane, and Steven Adams is standing under the basket, so I'm just going to fling this up in the air, <laughs> and Adams is going to get a putback. <laughs> But have and you ever went, seen and then George it went in? I'm just like gonna I'm just gonna say that's a ten percent possibility that, that that's what happened. <laughs> Likely, that's about a correct percentage of a possibility, I'd say. Yeah, it was it was just I mean even more impressive when you know you just you look at Paul George's game and I wouldn't say Paul George has a consistent floater to his game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Especially he's not going one. the rim or he's shooting a jumper. Yeah, yep. especially not one over Rudy Gobert. So I mean, I mean that, that that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's probably his most impressive shot for me this season. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying the fact that, and again, I wasn't on the local broadcast. I don't know what you guys were listening to, but I just knew in my heart that Michael Cage was yelling teardrop at the top of his lungs. <laughs> oh, I wish he was. <laughs> I know he was. I know for sure he was. And then 
But you know what? On the national broadcast, uh, bald white guy actually said <laughs> the word teardrop. And he I did. was just like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Like, it's it's like I'm at home. <laughs> I can't remember what Chris or I can't remember what Michael Cage said on the broadcast. But I remember Chris Fisher just went nuts. One of them better have said teardrop. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty that, sure Chris Fisher just was like going nuts and it was like a pan out of the crowd. I don't remember what Michael Cage, Cage said though. I'll have to look it up again. Man, if he didn't say that was the only time he should ever be allowed to say teardrop. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, I'm going to be so disappointed. So, man, that, that was. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's like. It was an okay game. <laughs> I feel like it's like a a annual tradition for the Thunder to be involved in quote unquote the game of the year. You know, like doesn't that feel like it happens every season? I multiple it, times it, a season. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, but I, the thing is, I, I listen to like some national podcasts, and I feel like after those games, they all agree like this was the game of the year, and they're like, why are the Thunder always in these games? And it, we just can't help it, man. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Um, uh, much like the Portland Trailblazers game where the Thunder had two players record triple doubles in a historic night, mm-hmm. uh, pulling off a major Definitely victory in a, in, a, in a classically awesome game. It, it, isn't it just crazy? How uh, I should add, we also sent two Thunder fans to this game. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty incredible. Uh, I, I hope they had a great time. We should have some feedback from them of one type or another, where um, they're gonna let us know how we how they feel about going to this game for free, courtesy of Topic Thunder, uh, or what kind of time they had, or what experience they had, and and we're just again so happy to be able to send people to have these types of experiences. To be fair, we didn't know they were going to be these types of experiences when we, we gave these tickets. We definitely knew it was. <laughs> we knew. All we right, have well, a gift. All right. Well, these guys didn't tell me about our gift. Bangers only. <laughs> <laughs> we so, yeah, only sell I, tickets to banger games. I mean, my God, just to, to send people to that Blazers game and this Jazz game to have those kinds of experiences. Um and just to be able to give people that kind of time is just amazing, and we're happy to do it. So the Thunder did win. Uh, they won 148 to 147. Woo-hoo. That's the first time we've said the score. <laughs> <laughs> it only took about 35 to 40 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> Way to go, Thunder. Yeah. Man. Uh, you know, we, we've we've covered this game in pretty big detail, so there's not a lot to do. Uh, we talked a, a little bit about how Markeith Morris was a little disappointing, but we understand because he is a new addition who doesn't know the quote-unquote playbook or where to stand on the court or who to defend on the court. So that's cool. Uh, I think the main thing to highlight before we get into our other topics is 
how great Russell Westbrook was, particularly in the first three quarters. Um, not to mention how great he was in that last game against the Pelicans that we lost but shouldn't have lost. Like, mm. it's encouraging, right? He's back. Six for 13 from three is uh, I for me. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's a so, little under 50%. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, you uh, know, 13's not awesome, but if you're knocking him down at that rate, like nobody's going to. And at one point, he was five for nine. Yeah. So it's like, what are you going to tell him to stop shooting when he's five for nine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like you're not telling Russell like Russell Westbrook won't stop shooting if he's like oh for seven from three so if imagine if he's like five for nine he's not gonna stop at all so uh yeah shooting is back um maybe he just needed a few days off to mentally recover he just needed also, the all-star game to get the bad ones out of the way that's what I was gonna say is the all-star game was a three-point contest for him basically where he just chucked up threes and he got all the bad ones out of the way so but you good. know uh, that's haha uh, -ha, right but all jokes <laughs> aside like he... thank you for that very genuine laugh <laughs> <laughs> but all jokes aside like he he had he started off the season with a knee injury. And he got a few weeks right. in and and rolled his ankle terribly, you know, like it's it's and I tweeted this out like, hey, Thunder fans, the narrative from now on for us is that he wasn't healthy. <laughs> the Steph Curry. Yeah. Method. We're, we're saying he was hurt. He Good. needed the all star break to get healthy. And now he's healthy, so like we'll move on from here. That That's mm -hmm. the Thunder fan narrative on Twitter that we're going to go with. All right, but like it this. actually might be true, also. Right? As long as we say it is. It's, yeah. Right. <laughs> but it could be true. Like it could. It could have helped to only play one game in ten days, or whatever, and and one casual game. Like right. I feel like there was even a couple times in the All Star game where he could have dunked it and just passed it instead. Or it was like he was conserving or like trying to heal or something while also be entertaining. Yeah. So there was there was multiple times in the All Star game where he had a wide open dunk and he just threw it out. Yeah. And that's fine. Like I'm I'm if he needed to get healthy, then that's cool. Uh, but the thing is that if he starts getting confident like that then that's going to be a problem for the rest of the league. You know, like if if he starts knocking down shots with the Thunder as they are, the only blemish on the Thunder this season has been that he hasn't been making shots. So if the Thunder play as they have been and he just shoots a better percentage, like look out, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Imagine his percentage and then just throw in a little Paul George. That'd be great. Well, exactly, but more like imagine the Thunder exactly as they are. With a better but, shooting Russ. But three more shots from Russ going in every game. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, play the exact same way, but he makes more shots. But I'd, I'd be fine with that. But but perf to be perfectly honest, I think the most encouraging thing I saw from Russ in this game was that, like Dylan said, he had 
37 points going into the fourth. But you know who took over in the fourth still? PG. PG. Yeah. Paul George had 17 points in the fourth quarter, and it's because Russ was still, even though he was on fire for only the second time this season in a close game, was still like, Paul George, take the ball and do your Paul George stuff. I, I, I was so encouraged by that. He was still letting Paul George get all his shots. Russ only took – he took a far fewer rate of shots than he did in the first three quarters in the fourth and was just seeding the offense to Paul George. It was great. Absolutely. And, you know, it just goes to Russ's growth, his development, and the chemistry of this team, the trust of this team. And, you know, Russ trusts Paul even when, you know, Russ has it going. He, you know, he's like, if, if we want to win this game in this situation, as tight as it is, I need to get Paul going. And I think he recognized that. And that just speaks to the growth and maturity of Russell Westbrook as a basketball player. And uh, it, it helps out our team. Yeah, I think it's so impressive, man. Like, for Russell Westbrook, former MVP top dog of the team for two years, even including last year when Paul George was on the team. Uh, he finally started to seed control and the narrative could even be twisted that, well, he's not shooting well. So of course he's seeding control to Paul George. He's on fire. He's hot. He, and he hasn't been for so long that he has to want that. And still in that fourth quarter, he gives the ball to Paul George and says, you're our best chance of winning. Go get it. And the, the chemistry of this team is just so impressive. I can't get over it. Makes me very, very, very happy. As a human yeah, being. As a human being. But, mm. but most importantly, as a Thunder fan. Mm. Not, as, not as a pancake. <laughs> or a tomato. Let's just keep going. What is that? Are we just saying nouns? What is that? I guess he said pancakes. I mean, he said rolling. as a human being. So if you have to specify it's as a human being, we'll just go Markle. through the entire psych- encyclopedia of nouns. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All Steve, right. control this podcast. All right. Listen, it's two o'clock in the morning on the it's East Coast. So late. It's so late, man. <laughs> So, that was awesome. We had a great time doing the TiVo. We talked a lot about Russell Westbrook. Uh, So, we're going to do a few of your favorite segments right quick. We're going to name our favorite unit from the game. And that favorite unit is actually pretty easy for this one. Uh, Like we said, Russell Westbrook fouled out. Uh, When did he foul out? Uh, Minute minute left in the first overtime? Yes. Yeah. Um, And at that point, I don't know about you guys, but I was catching serious flashbacks from that one game back in the day where the Thunder were against the Warriors and Kevin Durant fouled out um, near the end of regulation. 
and and then it just seemed like a foregone conclusion but russ like valiantly kept them alive until steph curry hit that near half court jumper that people still flash onto our timelines every time they want to make us feel bad mm. you know mm. yep that See, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie i had flashbacks uh whenever russ fouled out but it wasn't to that game it was to the philadelphia 76ers game when russ fouled out but Paul George stepped up and he made the game winning shot. And, you know, was I mad Russ fouled out? Absolutely. I, I want Russell Westbrook out there. I want him to help us win the game. But I don't know. I was at peace knowing Paul George was still out there. <laughs> yeah, man. And for one possession, I would have been at peace, too. <laughs> we're yeah. talking we're talking like six minutes, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> I was fine. I was chill. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad you were so chill because I was I was having heart palpitations the whole time. And but even so, the favorite unit of this game was that unit that came in when Russ was uh not allowed to continue. It was Dennis Schroeder, Abdul Nader, uh, which we, we should have been worried about. But it turned out okay. Uh, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, and Steven Adams, who closed out this game for the Thunder. I didn't expect them to be able to do it. I'm sure glad Dylan Hunsinger had peace in his heart about that lineup. Because I was like, man, they're just going to make Nader switch onto every single pick and roll. And the Thunder didn't fight it at all. Don't appreciate this Nader hate that's coming from from you, Stephen. <laughs> I just don't appreciate it. Man, you want Nader guarding Donovan Mitchell? Is that what you want? <laughs> Dude, he won the game, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. Exactly. I guess. I guess, man. Hmm. All right. So, congratulations to this lineup that that. <laughs> Matt Tierney wants to start all the games from here. On. Start him over Ferguson, man. I don't Hard care. Him. No, I actually don't He's want to do that. He's a defensive stopper. Yes. <laughs> Just might as well call him Andre Roberson at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm more like Andre and Noberson. Oh, my God. Uh, so bad. Wow, Steven actually got a W there. Nice. Yes. Bad. All right. Yeah. So congratulations to that lineup. Uh, Despite my shade, you did an excellent job. And I'm super duper proud of you to our favorite. So the the last thing we have to do for this episode um, is something that, yeah, I don't know. You may, you may have been noticing that we didn't talk enough about Paul George as we should have. But we'll do it right now. So the Academy Award for Player of the Game goes to... Yeah, that's right. That's Paul George. And I'm sure anybody who got to watch this game in any capacity... uh, knew that was coming and i'm sure even if you didn't get to watch this game if you had just listened to that tivo from us you probably knew it was coming 
as well. Mm-hmm. Paul George is amazing. He had approximately uh, 45 points. Approximately. I'm give or take a point or two. <laughs> and approximately nine rebounds and approximately six assists uh, for seven, 17 of 31 shooting, even though he started off. I think we said one for five, right? Yes. Shooting. Yeah. So he I said mean, that. at some point, so if you do the math there, that's like 16 for 26 to end it. So, I mean, that's some pretty incredible shooting. Yeah, and five for, for five for thirteen from three, which actually isn't amazing. Yeah, which that's like yeah, that's it's a little less than. No, I, I don't know. What the uh, math it's is. like I'll, it's I'll call not, it thirty. I'll call it thirty-eight percent. I don't know. Okay, I'm just ballparking that. Okay, yeah, thirty-eight percent. That's it's, like it's great. It's average. not amazing though. It's average. Right? Yeah, it's about the average. Yeah, and the fact that he was a plus, uh, the fact that he was a minus box score still is hilarious to me. <laughs> minus in the box score but not in our hearts exactly yeah man that it's he was amazing and i i i, I tweeted this and i may have already said this on this podcast but when he puts a shot up i think that shot's going in mm-hmm. agreed and not only that but it didn't even feel like he showed up until the second half. Right. But he had 20 points at halftime. That's what we've been saying every single <laughs> every single game recap. It's like, how did Paul George get so many points and nobody noticed? That's That seems how, how it is every single time. He just sneaks up on you and drops a cool 35 every night. It's crazy, and I and I I hate to bring up he who must not be named, so I won't name him. But that guy who we must not name, I uh, mm-hmm. had that same kind of of uh, <laughs> scoring charisma where he mm-hmm. would just like show up and score twenty points and a half, and you'd be like, oh wait, he was in the game. Yes, you know, like I didn't yep. even notice he was playing. So yep. like it, we took that for granted for so many years. And then we missed it for a few years, and now it's just like now it's noteworthy that we're like, oh my god, this guy just scores at will, and casually, and it, it's so impressive. And um, what's funny? By, by the way, thirty-eight point four percent. So confirmed, we ballparked that math right. Wow, that's the accountant accountant in you speaking right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he 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 who must not be named. Uh, did the same thing, but what's funny now is that you know he's he's dropping similar points per game as as uh, Paul George, and nobody seems to care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that matter. guy. Oh, by the way, for Paul George, nine rebounds and seven assists. Right. That's that was my approximation before. Yeah. Nine, approximately. Yeah. So. Like that's that's like that that just happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just he just dropped a it just manifested out of thin air. He just dropped a casual forty five nine and seven. <laughs> a cool forty five nine and seven for the night. What else? On national ask? television. Also played fifty minutes, which which is like insane. <laughs> there aren't even that many minutes. There's not that many minutes in life. Like how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Like I and um. 
look, we're gonna we're gonna plug this a little bit later, I'm sure. But we're gonna have Matt Moore Woo. at at Hardwood Paroxysm. Get ready. It's not at Hardwood Paroxysm. It's, he he is Hardwood Paroxysm. He is at HP Basketball. Right. We're gonna have him on the pod um, on Sunday, and you can look forward to that. Uh, but questions. he just. Yeah, he just released a few Thunder-based articles where he he just got the permission to go to interview Thunder people. So he released an entire suite of articles. And one of the things he was talking about is just how impressive, how well-rounded Paul George's game is this season. You know, like he has basically replaced Kevin Durant's production, but he's doing it casually. Like he's not interfering with Westbrook at all, and it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, that's all we're gonna say about it because I'm gonna yeah. th- I'm gonna tease the Sunday episode. Yeah, we'll we'll talk way more about that with. Yeah. Again, Matt Moore, and I've had a few people comment that they they were um, they didn't know his real name. <laughs> I didn't actually either for the longest time. I think it was on this podcast that I learned his real name. I just called him HP. <laughs> oh, he's way more famous, way more Twitter famous than he is regular famous. Uh-huh. Uh, but man, Paul George has just been amazing. Kudos to Russell Westbrook. To, for letting him spread his wings in that manner. Uh, I don't know the last time two players each had 40-plus points. I feel like that doesn't happen very often. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's think not we can that often. The Thunder have done it. Maybe I'm numb to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go on a whim and say that it hasn't happened in a long time, but I have no idea if that's true or not. Maybe Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook did at one point. They have they have done that, um, yeah. but it's not that common. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, player of the game, Paul George finished this game in Paul George fashion, and I know we led the TiVo talking about how Russell Westbrook was amazing in the first three quarters, and he truly was. Russell Westbrook ended the game with 43 points, eight assists. Boo. Boo. No, no double digits. 15 rebounds. It's okay. Two seals, a block. Man. God, I don't even. I don't like. I don't know where to go with that. We take this guy for granted. It's not a triple double, <laughs> so I'm pretty disappointed if you ask me. So, man, a team, a Utah Jazz team, desperate for a win, sitting near the bottom half of the Western Conference standings. Uh, the Rockets have been losing lately. They could have mm-hmm. passed them. Lost to the Close. Lakers in a heartbreaker yesterday. It's tough exactly. to see. Exactly. So the Jazz have to had to have been eyeing that spot and being like, we can pass these Rockets like right now. They you didn't. Know? And they were on the road. Everybody's fresh off the all-star break. They got they caught great shooting nights from several players. And 
Paul George and Russell Westbrook stepped up and put up 45 and 43 in the same night. Mm-hmm. Mm. In in like totally totally synergistic <laughs> is that what companies say like we, we're doing synergy yes. to, it's a very hot hot word in the streets yes it was a synergistic performance russ took the first three quarters seeded the game to paul george in the fourth and then fouled out and then paul george was like oh i got this and totally took over the game in two overtimes against a legitimately good team I couldn't be more ecstatic about this win. It's mm. incredible. Yeah, I feel like if you're Utah, you're pretty uh, bummed out. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the the downfall of the Utah Jazz for the rest of the season. This they should have won this game. They if you're a Utah won Jazz fan, you're feeling like, man, we should have won this game. I mean, what was their their shooting percentage was like? Uh, I'm looking. At, it's right. They shot the Jazz shot 40.9 percent from three. They shot better. They no, shot better no, than looking us. Looking at the Thunder. That's the Thunder. That's the the Jazz shot fifty percent from field goal, all field goals, and forty four percent from three. And those were both better than the Thunder. That's what turnovers do, man. And they lost the game. That's disappointing. That's the yeah. turnover because that's just straight up turnovers because they killed yep. us on the boards. Yep. Yep. That's disappointing. You hate to see it, but uh. uh yeah, you know, uh, that's that's one more straight up plug to we're going to have HP basketball. Matt Moore on the podcast, he just wrote a recent article calling the Thunder defense the Havoc machine. Mm. Was that is that it? Did I nail that? Havoc generator. Yes, that's, that's what, what it was. It was. Yeah. The Havoc generator yeah. and that's in this day and age in the NBA, that's just how you have a good defense. You're not going to shut anybody down. What you can do is F them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you F know? Them up. Yes. F them up. Make F them give you the ball. Yes. <laughs> like, that's the best you can hope for. So we're, look- we're looking forward to talking to him mm-hmm. about his recent Thunder articles. Uh, he's a really smart national writer, so that's going to be really cool for us. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure to check us out at OKC Topic Thunder on Twitter. You can find us on nowthatsthunderbasketball.com on the internet. Uh, you can you can check us out on Anchor, and that's something we're really excited about. Is you can leave us voicemails, um, lots of interaction on the Anchor app to to get in touch with us and give us your feedback uh again though you can find us on twitter and give us similar feedback but we really enjoy having any and all feedback that you can provide us because we love to get better each and every day and on itunes if you leave us a five-star review that's muy bueno for us (laughs) not just for our egos but also for future advertisers or anyone else that would like to sponsor this podcast because we like sponsors because they help us help you yeah and and you know we've been giving away free tickets lately we can't be we can't keep doing that if we don't have any money we've been giving away free thunder swag yeah we're not made of money we need some (laughs) we need some help here 
Yeah. So, you know, we don't need help from you, but we do need help from you to get us people who will give us help for you. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So. So please. You know, help us so we can help you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So thanks for listening. I check us out on all those things I just mentioned. Um, But as always, in the meantime, thunder up. Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.